Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. With the tragically hip Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you on Oilers Now. Edmonton Oilers today at the Downtown Community Arena for practice. Uh, there is an event that is taking place in Rogers Place tonight. Uh, Oilers will be hosting the Vancouver Canucks, their final preseason game tomorrow. Here on 630, Chad, the play-by-play voice of your Edmonton Oilers. Oilers now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Brendan Escott's a big part of the show. I'm Bob Stoffer, and uh, Brendan, you know I love the Tragically Hip. I, I think, you know what, if you don't like the Tragically Hip, I think you maybe have to give up your Canadian card. That's all there is to it. you got to hand in that passport. Uh, but tell me, why did you open specifically with a, a head by a century? Well, I don't want to give away from NHL today, but I will. Uh, Connor McDavid topping TSN's top 50 uh, NHL players for a fifth consecutive year. He did it by unanimous vote, and I kind of figured it puts him ahead by a century and the rest of the competition. There you go. Uh, also today in The Athletic, uh, Dom Lucician, a heavily analytics-driven writer uh, that has several quotients, and he's sort of one of the young Rising guns. He does his. He ranks the 31 teams in the, in the NHL. The Edmonton Oilers finished sixth. Uh, their ranking, and he went to quite the disseration today. Uh, very high in the forwards, not as high in the defense. Goaltending, obviously, can they replicate what they did last season? Well, that's a fair question, given that Edmonton finished seventh overall in save percentage. 
So, uh, we will tell you that in the first half hour of the show, we're going to get quickly into today's top story for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. We will tell you that uh, the Oilers hit the ice at about uh, 10, um, I'd say 10.57. Uh, the goalies were on the ice before Mike Smith was on the ice. Here is what Edmonton uh, ran with in terms of the line combinations. A little bit interesting, but I'm going to maybe mention a, a rationale behind it. Uh, the Oilers had Connor McDavid centering Leon Dreisaitl and Yessa Pogliarvi. Ryan Nugent Hopkins was with Zach Hyman and Kyle Turris. Derek Ryan once again with Warren Fogle and Zach Cassian. Ryan McLeod with Tyler Benson and Colton Sevier, who's in on the PTO. And uh, Bren, uh, Brendan Perlini along with uh, Devin Shore. No Kyler Yamamoto today at practice. There is yet to be an update when... Uh, Oilers head coach Dave Tippett talks. We'll get one at that time. Yamamoto got run into the Oilers bench against the Flames. Um, appeared to be an upper body sort of situation with him. And so maybe it's just uh, another precautionary day. We'll have to wait and see and monitor. Just on the McDavid dry side, pull you everything. And just something for you. I did a little bit of research on Detroit. Okay. Datsuk and Zetterberg often played together at home. And then they split them up on the road. And the rationale was you control the tempo and the pace of the game at home because you have the last change. And we saw the other night against Calgary when the Oilers loaded up. Now there was criticism from some of the Flames fans. Oh, there's Dave Tippett chasing the game and he puts his two big dogs together. Well, they are the two highest scoring players, not just last year. Not just the last two years where they finished 1-2 in scoring. Uh, McDavid won, dry settled 2 in 2021 and dry settle one with david two in 1920 but the two highest scoring players in the nhl combined over the last uh five seasons so if you just go from the start of the 16 17 season to present day Connor mcdavid's number one leon dry number two in nhl scoring but the rationale behind that is you create a different tempo and pace at home as a result and so maybe something to factor in a little bit more. I, you know, I, again, did a little bit of research on Detroit, and a lot of the time they would play Zetterberg and Datsuk together at home and then split them up on the road. Maybe we're going to get a little bit of that. Again, uh, McDavid, Drysaddle, Pugliarvi, RNH with Hyman, and Turris. Is Turris a placeholder for Kyler Yamamoto? Time will tell in that regard. Uh, Derek Ryan with Warren Fogle. And uh, Zach Cass, you know, here's where I give you another scenario. Do you recall who played right wing with Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the final two games of the Winnipeg series during the playoffs and probably played his best hockey? Ding, ding, ding. It was Zach Cassian. So I wonder whether or not things in terms of balance get worked out. It does appear as though uh, Ryan McLeod, Tyler Benson, and Colton Seaver are going to be the fourth line tomorrow. Perlini and Shore appear to be extra forwards. Um and it's dawned on me as I'm looking at this tweet right now that I've misspelled Colton uh, Sevier. So, uh, feel shame, and I will go to the box. Here's who we got coming up on today's show. From the NHL Network, Brian Lawton. He rejoins us every Wednesday at 12.35. The Provincial Affairs columnist and cult of hockey writer, David Staples. Some have jokingly referred to him as the copy and speech writer for the UCP party. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised like that because I do see some criticism directed the province's way from David once in a while. 
But uh, we'll talk about all things hockey. And, of course, uh, John Shannon joins us every Monday and Wednesday. He is our NHL insider and now known also as our chief political correspondent. We say with some humor. I gave you the lineup, already again, based on today's practice. McDavid with Dreisaitl, Pugliarvi, RNH with Hyman and Terrace. Derek Ryan with Fogel and Cassian stay together. McLeod, Benson, and Sevier play together. Uh, Perlini and Shore were a couple of extra forwards. No Kyler Yamamoto. That Oilers Now lineup report is brought to you daily by Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. Find your dream home. List your old home. Sold today. Edmonton.ca. There we go. Uh, Rob Brown was on yesterday's show. We had a conversation about the power play uh, because it's it's a story and it's a weapon for the Edmonton Oilers. Fourth highest ranked power play in NHL history during the 2019-20 season. Last year, 14th highest power play all time. So two of the top 15 ranked power plays in NHL history. And guess what? Over the last 30 years, there's only one other power play that's up there with where the Oilers have been at in the last two seasons and that's Tampa Bay. Uh, and they were not as high as Edmonton was during the 1920 season. Important because a lot of the best power plays in the league were in the late 70s, early 80s. Average size of goaltenders, 5'10", 5'11". Today's average size goaltender uh, between 6'3 to 6'4". Goaltending equipment, if you watch the game, if you love the game, if you have passion for the game, you know. Come on, man. At times, these guys look like marshmallow men out on the ice. It was, they had so much equipment. They are a little bit more streamlined. And the other big thing for me is uh, video work in terms of prepping to shut down opposition teams. That stuff just didn't happen 30, 35 years ago. Now, others will counter that and say, what are you talking about, Stauffer? Uh, it's a reflection on superior sticks the players have and all that kind of stuff. I, I Well, I'd like to know, actually. Do you think it was easier to get a power play goal back in the late 70s than it is today? Just think about the time. Now, remember, higher scoring era for sure, late 70s than it is today. Highest scoring period in NHL history was from about 86 to 92, though Wayne Gretzky was off the charts in the early 1980s. He wasn't bad in the late 80s as well. But uh, tell me what you think in terms of power play goals. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Again, get the new floors you've always wanted at 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com. We will, uh, when we bring Brian Lawton, David Staples, John Shannon on today's show, we'll head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. Same number, 780-496-0063. Live entertainment back. Hotel California, the Eagles tribute band. They take the stage Friday, October 29th, and then legendary Canadian artist. Gordon Lightfoot, November 17th. Details at RiverCreekResort.com. Into the Oilers now. Audio Vault speaking about that Oilers power play. A guy who spent some time on it, playing with some of the greatest players in the game. By the name of Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager, and Paul Coffey. By the way, they did not have a top 15 overall power play all time. Here is Rob Brown. Well, I, I think the biggest reason is every player that is on it has the ability to make a play, and every player on, on the power play has the ability to score at any time. And it, that's that's the hard thing for penalty killers. Normally when you're penalty killing, you're trying to isolate one player. When you're playing Washington, okay, try and get in front of the shooting lane of Ovechkin or the passing lane so he doesn't get the puck. Same as when you're in camp, okay, let's not get, let Stamkos get the shot. So you overload, so you're trying to take away one of their big options. With with the Oilers, there isn't one thing that you can say, okay, if we stop this, we slow down their power play. Take away Leon's one-timer, well, all of a sudden now Connor's going to drive the net. Connor's going to shoot. you got Barry with the slap shot. you got the 
one-timer from Nugent Hopkins. You got down low to Hyman, who walks out. You got the shot from the point for the tip from the, the, the man-child Pugliarvi standing in front of the net. Everybody has the ability to score. And every, there's not one player on that unit that can't make a great, smart play. They're all very intelligent people with the puck. The plays, the fact that they've been together now, well, the three of them have been together forever. Barry's been there this, this is his second year in Hyman or Pugliarvi. I mean, their job is pretty simple to step in and do. It, it is almost unstoppable. It's just a matter of whether or not the goalie makes great saves to keep the puck out of the net or if they get a little bad puck luck because as far as executing, they just, they're just too good. So I, I think there's a lot of kill and hope. Let's go penalty kill and hope that we're able to survive the two minutes and then we can start trying to go the other way. All right, that is uh, Rob Browner, Inside the Game Analyst on Oilers Radio Broadcast. Rob, Reed Wilkins. Uh, tomorrow night will be Jack Michaels, Cam Moon, also part of the Oilers Radio Network, uh, and we'll have a game for you. Hey, we're already getting responses on our question. Do you think it was easier to score back in the late 70s and early 80s? And I'm just looking, I mean, the top two power plays in NHL history came from the same year, 1977-78. Canadians were spectacular back then, in the middle of a four-year-in-a-row Stanley Cup run, and the New York Islanders themselves were on the precipice of having a four-year-in-a-row Stanley Cup run. This text comes in, goals 100% easier to score back in the 1980s. Goalies didn't go down as much in any redirection, made it way easier for pucks to go uh, in. Again, you can text us, 780-496-0063. Bob, the power play might have to ramp up close to 30%. Call me crazy, but you can't control all five guys. Well, and... and It'll be intriguing to see with Paul Yarvey and Zach Hyman how they change the complexion of the net front. You know, Alex Chason carved out a niche for himself. He was a right shot. He knew what to do. And then you got a left shot in terms of James Neal. Neal was a little bit more of a shooter and played sort of an, an off net front position, whereas Chason played a true net front position. Zach Hyman and Paul Yarvey are both right shots. To me, they're both, well, they're clearly quicker than either Chason or uh, Neil uh, are at this stage in their career. So I think the puck retrieval skills will be better. It'll just be a question of how quickly they you know, can, can grow and develop in those roles. Uh, Mike says, Bob, a one-timer for RNH. Love his shot, but he's not a one-timer guy. Well, he's not a one-timer guy in terms of a slap shot. But he has a very – when he cradles it, he's got an instant. So if he cradles it, it's not really a one-timer. But he does have a good shot. He's got a really good snapshot. I don't think there's any question at all. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. I'm not quite sure where this text comes. I just can't believe how the NHL will protect guys like Corey Perry and Kachuk but refuse to provide a safe environment for the best damn player to play the game. The fans, the media all see this bullcrap league continue uh, to allow this garbage and nothing happens. I wonder if the word sue would put some fear into people. People pay money to watch Connor McDavid and uh, and even gamble on some games that are uh, clearly managed or so is, or should I say corrupted by the upper level and refs. Okay. Corruption, no, but Part of the whole situation, I I do believe in hockey that the middle of the road player has often dictated league policy. Okay, it hasn't been the stars, and I think it's a bit of a Canadian aspect to it. Canadians don't worship stars the same way Americans do. 
They don't. That's just the reality of the situation. And playing through and fighting things through in hockey has been part of a culture that's been in place. And it is frustrating when the hockey gods bless you with not one but two of the best players in the world on your team. Absolutely, totally get it. And you know what happens? It becomes a loser's lament. when, the, Like Edmonton lost that series in four games to Winnipeg. They lost three games in overtime. Josh Archibald doesn't take the major penalty in Game 3. We're probably looking at a different situation. If McDavid gets a call in Game 2 or even in Game 1 early in the game, maybe it changes the complexion and the makeup of the hockey game. My guess is more calls are coming because as officials get more used to players, I watched this occur with the Oilers in the early 80s when they, versus the Islanders. They like The Islanders got more of the calls, and, and they had that... There are four times, three times Stanley Cup champions when they played the Oilers in 83, even as far back as 1981. Veteran teams get veteran calls. It's part of the culture of hockey. It doesn't make it right. And I think we're moving away from that. I really do. I genuinely believe that. I could be right. I could be wrong. Who knows? But that's my take, and I'm going to believe it. Uh, this text comes in on the Ashley Five Floors text line. I wonder if Jesse Pogliarvi plays more power play one, if Hyman plays PK1 to balance the ice time. I like the depth that PP1 player is not playing, then multiple options to fill and keep the power play working at a top rate. Uh, route. There you go. Again, you can text us at 780 this texter says, Bob, goaltending equipment is ridiculous. I know they can't change it because of legal issues, but it still affects the game. Well, part of it is protectionism for the players, right, for the guardians. And again, Mike Smith on the ice today. Um, <laughs> Bob, you've got lots of woke listeners like here. Lots of woke listeners I hear. Now, is that from the previous show, Brendan? What do you think? Or Because have we had a, a, a tough political organi- uh, political commentary on today's show yet? What do you think? <laughs> no, definitely not. I think that text may have been directed to another show other than ours. There it is. Uh, f- uh, Phil, Fear the Finn, out of, uh, he's a San Jose Sharks fan. Here it is, the daily whining. I read a text from a texter and explained why I agreed with them on game management. And you know what? If you're a San Jose Sharks fan and you don't like the Edmonton Oilers that much, you probably turn a blind eye to uh the fact that maybe it's possible that Connor McDavid... But David has already spoken twice on officiating this year. We're not even out of preseason. Either he's getting more comfortable than the role, or there's a point that they're trying to get across here. I think you could be reading between the lines of what gets said. Um, yeah, like, so political commentary. You want a political commentary? I'll give you one right now. According to COVID-19 Tracker Canada, 88% of Canadians 12-plus have received at least one dose. We're up to 82% of Canadians 12-plus that are fully vaccinated. So for any 82% that are fully vaccinated, 12-plus, uh, that means that there's about 18% of the population out there. It's a little bit higher in the province of Alberta. I think it's around 24% of the population that's currently not fully vaccinated. And uh, many people would tell you, the faster people get vaccinated, the faster we get everybody vaccinated, the greater probability we can have some semblance of uh, normality. Take it for what it's worth. Those are the numbers. Again, don't shoot the messenger. The country currently at 82% 12-plus fully vaccinated. Remember kids, uh, and that's 12-plus, kids 12 and under are not vaccinated. Uh, Overall, Canada's population.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply is fully vaccinated to the rate of 71.4%. 12.25 at Edmonton, back with NHL Today when we return on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.26 in Edmonton, let's go to NHL Today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, company-branded apparel products and awards, all created in-house. Shop local at ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brendan Escott with an update from Oilers. Yeah, we've got Reed Wilkins on Twitter here, who's down at practice saying that, in fact, Kyler Yamamoto will not play tomorrow night against Vancouver. Took a late hit in Monday night's game. Mike Smith, though, returning from that illness, he will start against Vancouver tomorrow night. That action live on 6.30, Chad, at 7 o'clock. Jack and Bob will have the call. 5.30 face-off show. Uh, former Oiler Tyler Ennis, he's back in Ottawa on a professional tryout offer. Alex Galchenyuk signed a one-year deal in Arizona while Nikita Gusev got the axe from Leafs camp, now a free agent. Uh, the one-and-one Edmonton Oil Kings, they are in Lethbridge tonight. Friday, they're in Swift Current and Saturday in Medicine Hat. And then the U of A Golden Bears again have uh, Mike Babcock, Saskatchewan Huskies in town at the Claire Drake this weekend. Uh, yeah, there you have it. 12-28 uh, in Edmonton. I know that uh, Brendan Connolly is a player that cleared waivers. A $3.5 million cap in two years left in his deal. The Edmonton Oilers were in on Connolly in the summer of 2019. Brett Connolly? Brett Connolly, yes. What did okay, I say? you said Brendan. I'm thinking you're thinking Roos Chris. Oh, well, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Uh, yeah, Brendan Connolly at this stage uh, in his career would be hard-pressed to score more than 15 goals. He's in his 60s, so I don't know what is. You know, I think he was a pretty good player. Uh, Brett Connolly, thank you for the uh, distinction there. Uh, $3.5 million cap hit. The Oilers were in on him when he signed with the Florida Panthers. He signed a four-year deal at 3.5. I don't think Edmonton quite got to 3.5. They ultimately signed Chase on on a two-year deal. He's now been traded by Florida to Chicago. They waived him. Um, there is a way that you could see Connolly potentially get traded, and that's if the Hawks ate half of the salary and then took some money back. That is not out of the realm of possibility. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Come back. In fact, we'll talk about that very situation with our uh, NHL Network analyst, Brian Lawton. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.